Welcome to It's a Dark Matter Thing. I am Taylor. And I am Caitlin. So this week we're going to be talking about how everything in the universe got here. Uh, We talked about dark matter, but we're going to talk about normal matter this time. Yes, and as well as that, I'm going to go on a little rant about women in STEM. Uh, We have had a few people ask us to talk about it and we have avoided it a little bit because we are women in STEM and unfortunately it's not exactly like any industry in Australia at the moment. It's not completely equal rights and we're going to talk about that. We're going to bring those hard issues in. (laughs) Yes, we're done avoiding Um, and as always we'll answer some of your questions that you've had this week. Yes, yes, so that's That sounds great. Let's get started. (laughs) Let's dive right in. So we've spoken about the Big Bang before and we've spoken about how there were black holes and quasars and all these fun things at the beginning of the universe. But how did they all come? They didn't just, you know, poof and appear out of anywhere. Um, No way. No way. (laughs) Let's let's travel back when we're traveling back in our little time machine to the very, very first seconds of the universe. So as the Big Bang was happening, it was very hot and there was lots and lots of things happening. It was chaos. But one thing that did come out of this was the hydrogen atom. Yes, so obviously the elements that make up hydrogen, so an electron, proton and neutron, they just like came together. They're like, yo, we've just been created. We're these little quantum particles and we want to make something... We want to make something good. (laughs) They decided they wanted to be little buddies and they stuck together and away they go, being their little hydrogen atoms. So obviously this hydrogen was created in abundance because it was so easy to make with the things that were in the universe. And at this point in time, the universe, it was really, really hot. So that's how all this was happening. But as the universe started to expand, it got cooler and I think we did talk about this bit when we spoke about um, cosmic microwave background radiation but as the universe was getting bigger and it was expanding and accelerating and all that fun stuff it was cooling down so these um, elements weren't forming as much they weren't changing it was just hydrogen but what was forming was something else that was really big and hot and could fuse these atoms these um hydrogen atoms and make new things what were those taylor oh my god let me guess were they were they were they stars yes they were look at me go (laughs) so these stars started creating so obviously the very first stars that were ever ever made were just made of purely hydrogen that's all that was in them because that's all that there was in the universe if we look at um some stars now they obviously have so many different elements in them because there's more elements yep and when the universe was small the gravity of hydrogen next to another hydrogen atom was strong enough to start collapsing in on itself and as the universe expanded you had more of this matter collapsing in on itself and yeah, creating what we know now as stars and our very own one, the sun. Yeah. So as these stars were creating, uh, being created, they were really big and they were really hot and these um, hydrogen atoms were whirling all around in there. And sometimes, you know, they got a little bit confused and the bits and pieces started going onto other things and they started creating different 
atoms. And so these new atoms were being created and formed in these stars. But then as a star dies, I think, have we spoken about star deaths? Uh, No, we haven't. But um, we should also mention that the process of stars is nuclear fusion. And Mm. it's really important because, you know, when there's no other place in the universe where nuclear fusion can actually be seen, only in stars. It's an amazing nuclear process that creates a lot of energy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and to be able to make bigger elements you need that energy to be able to do that so like you were saying Caitlin these stars that have all this energy started creating all these bigger elements because yeah it had the energy to do so it's hot to rip rip them apart it sort of just creates like a little like soup of um all the bits and pieces of the hydrogen atoms and then the soup goes oh let's become buddies with other people and I mean other (laughs) Other particles but we can personify is that the word personify person personify personify (laughs) oh I love this is why I'm not an English major (laughs) because I always am tripping over my own tongue (laughs) personified the the, personified that's what I was trying to say what are the particles, and become buddies and they created new things. Well, it's pretty crazy to think, you know, like humans and ourselves want to become buddies with everyone, so we're really no different to what made the early universe. Yeah. The particles swimming in our plasma of a big star. It's when stars die or when they're starting to die or ageing, you know, we'll say, they start to blow off some of their, you know, their outside. Their gas. Their atoms they blow off some of these atoms and what do these atoms do they just start roaming around in the universe and then they create more stars so these heavier elements are going to get blown off so that's how things like gold and iron and all these were created in these giant stars and then they were blown off and into the universe to make other things so when they're blown off they don't just make stars they make planets as well yeah one of the very important ingredients to getting these very he- heavy elements that Caitlin's talking about is a process called supernova. Mm. And that's just the star completely exploding in this massive boof. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but it just explodes. We'll have a video. We'll have a video of it. Yeah, and there's a few different ways you can go supernova, but that's a whole other topic in itself that we can definitely guess, Yeah, talk we can about. do a future episode on yeah. star deaths. On Stardust because it's very interesting. Um, <laughs> a bit grim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do stars die? <laughs> yeah. Um, but when they do go supernova, it's not just uh, the atoms they're expelling off of them. It's their whole star is just exploding and letting off all these beautiful remnants. And if you've ever seen NASA post supernova photos, they're beautiful. They're absolutely gorgeous because you've got all these different elements and different coloured mm. gas make up these beautiful clouds and then these clouds again collapse into themselves and create the stars. <laughs> yeah, so these stars as time went on, they were obviously picking up these different elements that were coming from the previous stars that they've then expelled off through some process of dying, whichever route they decide to go. And yeah, create more stars and then those stars that now have these different elements, they go through the same process and they create more elements again and this just keeps happening over and over and over again until eventually 
you know, millions and millions of years on, the earth was created and we were created all from the remnants of the star death. So really yeah. we're all just stardust. We've yeah, you know, so, been expelled of the star. And it's really interesting. I've heard it before growing up when people say, oh, you're just stardust. And I never really got it. I was like, oh, that's a nice thing to say. You know, stars are pretty. But we literally are stars. Yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah, astronomers no, we, out there that look at it very spiritually um, when mm. they talk about seeing the stars. You know, they actually talk about, you know, we are actually a part of that universe and the stars. And uh, I've heard astronomers talk about saying, you know, our souls came from those stars, which is, you know, gets a yeah. bit, you know, if you're spiritual or not. Um, but, yeah, I think it's awesome to think about like that, you know, if you're able to look up in the sky and go, wow, you know, I, I came from those beautiful stars in the night sky. Yeah, literally we're all so connected and um, come from everything, you know, every part of us, everything that's here on earth, everything that, you know, made up us as people uh, come from the stars, the these little old hydrogen atoms at the very start of the Big Bang. Yeah, and now we have to drink these hydrogen atoms to survive. They're in our air. They're everywhere. Yeah, these little little hydrogen atoms. Intertwined, yeah. Yeah. You know, go hydrogen atoms. Go hydrogen atoms. But, you know, um, stars aren't the only thing in the universe that contain these star deaths. We also have galaxies that contain remnants these atoms of the stars which then obviously Mm. contain not just stars but also planets so all of the planets in well everywhere are created from these stars blowing off the gas so you know uh, when we look at earth here we see um in our solar system there's sort of like all of our planets have all different qualities to them they're not all you know there's not like seven earths or you know they're not all just the same yeah look we'll just let you guys know we are having trouble with the audio a little bit it's cutting us in and out so if this seems like we're a bit all over the place randomly we swear we'll try our hardest and i mean we're very sorry that last week's youtube episode is still not up it says that it has thirty-one thousand hours to go yeah I don't know why like it so, was such a random number too why did how did YouTube calculate it's going to take exactly 31,000 hours to upload I don't know I don't know either but we're still fighting with YouTube we're looking into um another platform that could potentially um we could post on there and have the subtitles on but we yeah we're very sorry for everyone who listens to us on YouTube we're trying but we're still battling with with it yeah it doesn't want to support us obviously maybe we're just doing something wrong yeah i don't know don't know anyway back to (laughs) cool so we were talking about earth so where earth is really should not be where the water is because we can see in our solar system particularly all of the icy planets and moons are on the far edge outside we don't Mm. care um, so if you looked on our Instagram, you would see that we uh, put on a little post about water on Earth. And that's something that's really interesting and really cool to think about how this much water come to Earth. 
yeah. in the early and that stages. formation. And what they found instead was there are these huge Jupiter-sized hot planets. I think a few theories of how those super hot Jupiter-like planets got close to this, their star is they actually formed in that outer gassy region and then gravity slowly, slowly migrated them inwards. Mm. Yeah. Uh, they, that that's happens more often than our sort of solar system forming. But again, there's still so many unknowns for what we can see and what we can't see. So Yeah, definitely. And like we've said a couple of times, astronomy is such, you know, like an observational based science. So when we can't see these things, you know, it's just really left up to those theories. Um and how people um think about things because we know we can't see how earth was formed um we can obviously see uh, a little bit from obviously fossils and looking at um the crusts and things but and the moon um but yeah we obviously don't know everything about how the earth was formed it's just you know sort of speculation and theories based on what we can see and what we do know yeah no exactly and it seems to happen in astronomy a lot especially uh you know looking for exoplanets and thinking they're going to find jupiter-sized planets far away and earth-sized planets close but they found the opposite so it's like wait what (laughs) yeah this is so bizarre (laughs) yeah that happens a lot too like you know when we find something and then it completely debunks our thinking and you know sort of rewrites everything yeah yeah so then they have to come up with new theories to try and explain those phenomenons phenomenas yeah definitely um but back to what we were talking about originally the stars dying and blowing off their gas but yeah hopefully we'll um start posting some more Mm. at home observing tips uh, we did a little yeah, poll yeah. on Instagram last week when it was the partial lunar eclipse. And I think a lot of people responded back saying, yes, that's what they wanted. So we'll definitely start posting some more of that. Uh, maybe after yeah. this episode's out, we can, we'll do one on how you can observe the. And yeah, and I'm, I must admit, seeing the Milky Way and distinguishing that that is the milky way was probably one of the things that sparked my complete awe of the universe as a kid going outside and dad being like you see that big strip of like it looks white and it's going across this whole sky and I'm like yeah he goes well that's the milky way and I'd be like what how how is that the milky way yeah (laughs) well no it's every milky way standing off for us to see and it's gorgeous absolutely gorgeous yeah, it's definitely, definitely worth seeing if you have not seen it and going somewhere um, where it is, there is no light pollution, you can really, really get a really good view of it. Yeah. Um, but obviously all galaxies have this. So we have spoken a little bit about the different types of galaxies that make up our universe. Obviously, we spoke about spiral galaxies Um when we did our episode two on dark matter, but there are a couple of different types of galaxies. There's also elliptical galaxies and blob galaxies. So I guess will we talk a little bit more about how they're formed? Yeah, so blob galaxies I just love that. That's just like a cool name for a galaxy. Like imagine if we just, could say yeah. we lived in a blob galaxy. <laughs> oh, imagine. That'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> elliptical galaxies and 
tend to be they can be small but they tend to be huge galaxies much bigger than spiral galaxies and are created from spiral galaxies merging together and disorganized chaos <laughs> yeah it's just chaos in them yeah. and you know we're on a little collision course with andromeda galaxy at the moment um so you know when that does happen we'll turn into a big elliptical galaxy um and elliptical galaxies aren't just formed from you know one or two galaxies coming together and merging it can sometimes be a whole big massive group of galaxies all coming together and that's how they get so Mm. big because you know if you look at how big our galaxy is and then think of another galaxy that size coming together they just keep accumulating stuff and obviously they're all just knocking each other around and their orbits are all getting out of whack and it's just absolute chaos in an elliptical galaxy yeah and but it's also crazy to think about it imagine but it's not them actually colliding it's their gravities interacting still there's still so much space between stars in a galaxy that they don't really actually collide it's really weird concept to think like they're disorganizing each other but they're not really colliding they're sort of like just slowly merging into each other and their gravities are spinning each other in all different directions like really detrimental to the young people and there was a discussion about like yeah you know stars are where we came from if children are growing up in these big cities and can't even see the stars in the sky how are they meant to feel one and want to learn about that universe yeah so you know a lot of cities around the world i think now are there but really bringing that light um away from the sky yeah definitely 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 yeah okay so we have a little discussion about women in stem and men in stem you are all amazing anyone that does stem is amazing uh but unfortunately women don't make up less than a quarter of in australia um make up less than a quarter of them and when you talk about that um, when you start looking at engineering statistics i think it's like 10 percent or is something really, really small of women doing it. And it's unfortunate because I love engineering maths. Like I've really enjoyed it and the mm. uh, and physics and everything that is involved with engineering. And it's still one of the most least um, employed areas for women in STEM. Yeah, and I think it can also be like a little bit intimidating for women, like going into such a male-dominated um area it's it's you know really about your mindset and I try and tell this to my students all the time I'm like you need to believe in yourself yeah definitely that's a huge huge part of it um yeah so um some of the statistics graduating men with a stem qualification were 1.8 times more likely to be working in a stem qualified occupation compared compared to their woman peers which is you know, I would what I would really like to know is why. First, it's is actually quite an equal amount of women and men going into these uni degrees, but less are getting these jobs. And mm. it would be interesting to really understand and know what is stopping. Is it just that they start a family and, you know, start yeah. doing those sorts of things instead of because, you know, STEM uh, careers do take a lot of time and energy. Um, yeah. To- so would be very interesting to know yeah that would be really interesting um 
to look at why. Also, and this is something that makes me a little bit annoyed, and it's the pay gap. Yes. Um, so there's already a huge pay gap difference between men and women in Australia in all industries, and that is the pay gap is $28,000. Actually, it's nearly $29,000. It's only a few dollars off, uh, which oh. is really disappointing. Why mm. is there more of a pay gap difference in the STEM field? My friend's mum, who is very high up in engineering in Darwin, she said to me, they need women. They need women in STEM fields because women think differently. You need that combination. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because, like, if gonna, you look yeah. at men and women's brains, like, they're obviously different um, how they work um, chemically and stuff. So there's yeah, always no, exactly. a difference in thinking um, between them. So there needs exactly. to be because, you know, yeah. as mm-hmm. – um, it's like anyone, I guess, you know, anyone can look at something and then someone else could come and think, like, look at it a completely different way. You need to have, you know, you can't just have all people that think the same way, um, especially in science and especially in STEM, uh, when we were talking about how ideas and theories of how to solve problems in STEM such a big, you know, problem-solving uh, field already and you need that diversity in thinking you know you are never going to progress if you just have one type of thinking so again like you said especially in those engineering fields um Mm. and i think from the statistics that i i read biology was definitely more female dominant than most of the other sciences our sciences it went all the way through down to yeah engineering and that was yeah, very small percentage of women employed in those fields. Yeah, which that's is really yeah, you, you need that. Yeah. yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, especially our generation going through, how much these statistics change. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think yeah. that sums it up pretty well. So we had a question about um, alternate universes. Um, and are they possible and how would it work? So this isn't something that Tara and I are either really, really familiar with. But um, Tara, did you want to start explaining about? Yeah, so it's interesting. Uh, there's a lot of theories about why uh, multiverse could exist. Um, theoretically, yes, it can. There, with what we have about the universe at the moment, there is an astronomy that could technically say, yes, the multiverse is real. And we will talk about that a bit. It comes down to what all of the inflation, this time and dark energy. Uh, yeah. I remember having, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, we, so we, it basically this theory of the multiverse is that all of those things combine and create like a little bubble of our universe and another little bubble. Um, And so, you know, we live in our bubble, but we can't see far enough away to the other bubble where that other universe is living. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's interesting because I remember when I would have discussions about Verses and parallel um, universes with my dad, it always came down to 
quantum physics and how mm. quantum behavior is and talking about the theory of well not theory but the idea of um schrodinger's cat now that idea was you've got a cat in a box is going to be dead and alive at the same time in well not really time it's a, when you it's quantum is so weird it's um when you think try and think about it because it's not related to time <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but the, the possibility by the universe and it's not until you open the box that the universe will decide its pathway is the cat going to be dead or it's going to be alive and this is actually how quantum computers work mm. if you and yeah. it comes like that was the experiment uh, if you look away uh the the, it behaves as a wave and but as soon as you look at it the wave function collapse and it's just yeah. all over and it's really weird to think about it um in a world that we live in that by observing it decides the pathway it's going to take and yeah. how do these particles know we're observing it don't know yeah that's so true yeah like so that same sort of yeah so that same sort of theory can be intertwined with the multiverse and you can think about it as a way like well what can happen will happen constantly happening and it's coming it comes down to probability quantum physics is just probability yeah. <laughs> and isn't and that like the, the theory of deja vu is like you know when you have that deja vu feeling yeah. it's like you in all these other realities is yeah. you know making that same decision and it's all happening at the same time it's so funny because i've like never that? experienced deja vu and my sister used you to haven't? say she gets yeah she used to say oh my god i just got deja vu i just got deja vu all the time and i'm like what I is, it? All the is time. it is this the only time you've ever existed this is like am i that one weird pathway in the universe that I just popped into existence and I've never existed before because things just didn't go that way. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Comment on our Instagram or send us a message if you've never experienced deja vu before. We'll yeah, see if Taylor's too. alone. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> I'm alone. Um, isn't there like another like multiverse theory where every decision you make, there's another yeah. universe where you've made a different decision? Yeah. So that's what I was trying to explain. Well, it comes, yeah, that quantum physics that your, yeah, your decisions all happen mm. in one, but you are only experiencing that like, one of the possibilities. You've got this like massive universe with, well, you can call it a universe. I don't know, multiple universes that are never ending with all these different possibilities occurring. Is really off-putting to a lot of people that idea. It's, it's off-putting yeah, to me. I don't like the idea of a multiverse. <laughs> I am one, and I make my own decisions. Okay. <laughs> it's just well, you've never experienced deja vu, so maybe that is true. Yeah, maybe it is true. Maybe we're just in the matrix. They're all on a Taylor's living in a simulation. <laughs> this is all come from Taylor's mind. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's let's not think about that. No. <laughs> cool. Questions that we can answer. Could black holes be used as wormholes? <laughs> you go into a black hole, you literally get ripped into every particle you're made of. Yeah. If you were to go into one, I don't know if you could come out the other side, like regenerate you, but 
I guess it's yeah, maybe just like what happens. yeah I don't know because in the universe when you rip something apart it's harder to put it back together <laughs> than mm, it is yeah to rip it apart so and, and you know when you do get ripped into those little particles what happens to your soul what happens to your mind yeah you definitely come back the same I mean uh what is it the event horizon it's a really old movie and um they're on the ship and they go into the event horizon it takes them to hell and they all go crazy and it's really scary (laughs) maybe that's what happens it's a dark place where your mind gets muddled I don't know (laughs) yeah black holes are really interesting in that way you know like we don't really know what happens inside of them or what's going on inside of them um but, yeah, for them being used as wormholes, I guess we don't really know. It's a, another one of those theories, like what we were saying, where people, you know, sort of put some things together yeah. and thought maybe that's a possibility. But, you know. Yeah, so I think mathematically answer. it could be. I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't think we would in our lifetime have the technology. Maybe. No. Maybe with Caitlin and I being in astronomy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we'll put our minds together we'll find out for you we'll, we'll Stay find tuned. <laughs> come back in 10 years when we have the answer <laughs> to black holes being used uh, so another question that we got is antimatter and how is it detected so yeah caitlin and i aren't super knowledgeable when it comes to antimatter it's something we haven't explored but we do have our black holes so, <laughs> yes, that is true. We do. Yeah. So, one way we know antimatter is detected is Stephen Hawking's radiation. A very smart man used the concept that are uh, these things called virtual particles, which is quantum physics due to probability, particles are popping in and out of everywhere all the time. And they pop into existence with their antimatter and they annihilate straight away and disappear and this has been known for a while with that theory you know like oh antimatter because there is a pair they just annihilate straight away and Stephen Hawking went well when you're next to a black hole uh gravity is very 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 strong (laughs) yeah and he yeah came up with this right next to a black hole and his math showed him that it is possible that when they pop into existence, the black hole can actually take away one of those particles and its antimatter behind, it doesn't have its other particle to annihilate with. And the and it will escape. It'll escape the black hole. And Stephen Hawking predicted this and he went, I'm sure we'll be able to detect it. And it was only a few years ago that they did. They detected these antimatter particles escaping these black holes. And amazing because it was the first time we actually got a picture of a black hole. And it's it's due to antimatter. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all I really know about antimatter. Um, we can um, do a whole episode on antimatter. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, is that all we have for this week? Yeah, well, my notes aren't really helpful. All I have is everything comes from stars, quite literally. <laughs> so. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Make sure to go follow our Instagram page. I am so grateful that we are able to reach these people and, you know, are actually getting our 
passion out there. <laughs> yeah, it's you insane. Know? All Caitlin and I want is to be able to help everyone learn and get excited about space, the universe and STEM. Yeah, definitely. Hi. We will see you in the next episode and hopefully YouTube will have uploaded our video. We are one with the Star Wars Galonium. Yeah, or... Oh.